as you deserve. In Jesus' name, amen.
this I sing for all that you've done for me. All that you've done for me, God. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. All that you've done for us, God. You laid down your Standing 
We just thank you that you are faithful. You're a faithful God. You are always true and you are the rock upon which we stand. I just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're faithful even when we are not. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Y'all can be seated. Just a few announcements this week. Um, there's going to be a water baptism. Anybody that like to be baptized should see Pastor Ron or Chasen. There's a youth fest coming up. Um, not sure anybody in here has it. Well, I guess you have a youth. <laughs> um, it's coming up in Yukon. And so um, get with Chasen on that. Men's breakfast coming up Saturday the 17th. That's this Saturday at 830. I'm assuming here in the fellowship hall. Yeah. And then prime timers is the Saturday after that, the 24th at noon here in fellowship hall. And we're going to have Italian potluck. We figured it's getting into fall, maybe some heavier, warmer foods. And who knows, it could be 95 that day, right? <laughs> but that's okay. If it is, you can bring an Italian salad, whatever. Yeah. The important thing is to come and to fellowship. And whether you like to play games or not, it doesn't matter because you can come and fellowship and leave when you want to leave, even if you don't stay as long as some of us who like to play games a while. Um, prayers. Um, as... Uh, many or most of you probably know by now, Hubert McGahan went home to be with the Lord this week. And um, so 
we need to keep Linda uh, in our prayers as well as his son Chris and his wife and I don't know what all other relatives that there are, but I guess there's an extended family around. And so anyway, to keep the whole family in prayers, um, my understanding is, is the funeral is going to be this next coming Tuesday. The wake is Monday night um, at the funeral home, and then Tuesday afternoon here will be the funeral. And um, Robin and who else did she say? Linda is doing the food, right? in charge of the food for the funeral? You guess? <laughs> Did, if I heard wrong, I'm sorry if I put you on the spot. Ah, I got you. I got you. Well, yes, Linda. <laughs> anyway, so um, I don't... Oh, on the, on, yeah, it may not have been. No, Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. I actually saw it on Facebook somewhere. Oh, Linda, Linda McGahan. Linda's the one that posted it. I believe it's 2 p.m. on Tuesday, but I'm going by memory here at Lone Grove. Yes, yeah, yeah, but I'm going by memory. Um, I just read the post this afternoon because Linda went on and gave the details on her Facebook page, and that's where I got it from. So, probably, yeah. Anyway, so keep them in prayer, and then um, a big praise the Lord for anybody who has heard and has been praying for Bailey Summer's daughter who had had some devastating news she made it public on facebook so um uh and thought that she would never be able to have kids again and all this stuff and had a lot of cysts and in two weeks in two weeks god removed them all her doctor was astounded astounded it i mean we're talking a huge praise the lord here um that um, the lord just healed her very quickly and we are just giving um, the lord praise for that also tyler curtis and sylvia's um, grandson we had prayed about the blood clot and surgery and it went successful he's still having to um keep it up quite a bit um and and rest and not do too much but it was successful and so we just praise god for that too and continue prayers for him to have quick healing um any other special praise or prayer requests yes sherry awesome All right, so thank you for praying for Bruna Norton's brother who had the heart attack. And um, we're glad that he's back home and resting and doctors to have wisdom whether he needs to have a pacemaker or not and continued healing in his recuperation. Anybody else? Your nephew? Yes, with the cancer, yeah. 
to continue lifting up. Judy's nephew has cancer in his brain to bring healing because there is nothing impossible for God. Anybody else? No? Okay. Let's um, go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. We thank you for the quick healing of Bailey's body, Lord. What a miracle that was, Lord, and we just thank you for it. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for um, allowing the doctors to have wisdom about the blood clot in Tyler, Lord, and that got taken care of quickly um, and that he's doing well, Lord. Continue your healing work in his young body, Lord. Raise him up quickly, Lord, that he would have total healing in his body. And Lord, we lift up Linda McGahan, Lord, to you. Lord, it's hard to lose your spouse, Lord. And I just ask that you just envelop her in your love, Lord, that let her feel your Holy Spirit, your holy presence, even now, Lord, that she would feel you in your presence, your comfort, Lord, as only you can give it. Be with his son, Chris, and his wife, and give them comfort and healing in their hearts as well, Lord, as they grieve for their father, Lord, and all the rest of the family, Lord, that you would be with them and, and and bring healing and comfort as only you can do. Lord, we lift up all the people on the prayer list here, Lord, that you would continue your healing work in each and every person's lives, Lord. There are so many on this list, Lord, and we just lift them all up to you, Lord, for you are. You showed yourself faithful for Bailey, and Lord, you... You are no respecter of persons. Your word says so. So we're believing that you will bring healing into all of these people. We're believing that you'll bring healing into Judy's nephew, Lord, as he battles that cancer, Lord. Lord, we just thank you that you are a faithful God. And we just ask, Lord, that you bring total healing into his body, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We just thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace to us this night, Lord. Lord, we just come to you now and ask that you open our eyes to see and our ears to hear. Open our hearts to receive your word and be changed, Lord. For we're here to worship you and to grow closer to you and to be in your presence because it is all about you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, tonight... We're gonna, um, I'm gonna talk about prodigals, whether you have been one or you have some in your family or you know some people who need to come back to the Lord, that they served the Lord, but they don't any longer. But we're gonna start with Psalms 37, three through seven. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord, and wait patiently for him to act. So I'm going to talk to you tonight about prodigals, and I know you're thinking, well, that didn't really talk about prodigals, but um, hopefully you'll see the connection as we go on. Most of us have somebody, a child, a grandchild, a sibling, 
coworker, whoever, who has strayed from the Lord, or maybe we're the prodigal, or have been the prodigal. I was a prodigal. I guess, am I still considered a prodigal because I came back? I don't know. But I learned the hard way what backsliding really means. It's slowly drifting backwards away from the Lord. You're not like deliberately turning away from the Lord. I never deliberately turned away from the Lord, but I wasn't pursuing either. So the whole term backsliding to me makes sense because it's like you're still facing the Lord, but you're slowly getting further and further and further away from him. You remember the story about the prodigal son? When the wayward younger son comes home, the elder son was mad. Why was he mad? Because he was full of pride. He was prideful over everything he had done for his father. You know, in Jewish culture, the eldest son got two thirds so that when the father divides, in, in the story of the prodigal son, when the father divides it, he's not dividing it 50-50, his property. Two thirds went to the elder son who was there with him. And only a third went to the younger one who went and squandered it off. But he was, the elder son was prideful over his outward obedience to the father. When in reality, he didn't have much of a relationship with his father. Or he could have asked his father for that goat that he said, you never gave me. Well, why didn't you ask him for a goat if you wanted to celebrate with your friends? But he didn't have that relationship going on. Instead, he was bitter and resentful of the younger son being welcomed home. He was prideful. And that's where I was before my divorce. I was loving God, serving God, but I'd allowed pride to come in. Oh, I wouldn't do that. Oh, what is she doing? And she calls herself a Christian? Being a fruit inspector and realizing someone isn't living the Christian life the way they should is one thing. But proclaiming, it's judging them is way different and being prideful that we wouldn't do that. Proverbs 16, 18 tells us pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. Some of y'all may know my testimony from like four or five years ago when I spoke at the um, heart to heart meeting and some of you may not. But I was married for 15 years when my husband decided that the grass was greener on the other side of the fence. We were separated for about a year and I finally filed for divorce when the other lady moved in with him at his house. I was heartbroken and mad at God. After all, I had served God faithfully. I had been involved in church. I tried my best to be a Proverbs 31 woman, wife, etc. But God let this happen to me. Pride and pride goes before a fall. And so I backslid while still singing hymns in the shower and praying sometimes. But I backslid because I slowly became more and more involved in worldly things than Jesus relational things. 
I started listening to the worldly advice of coworkers on how to live and dating worldly guys. I fell in love twice and both of them left me for other women. Talk about three strikes and you're out. <laughs> I was done, or I thought, I'm never gonna love again. But the devil is very, very clever. So then I met a guy who he had got saved back in the day at an AG church. And so he told me all about, you know, this church where, and I said, oh, well, I go to a, I, I used to go to a Methodist church that had all these spirit-filled people too. And we're talking about all that. And we're both excited because we're both Christians, you know, and that's what the Bible says, right? Not to be unequally yoked. And so we're both Christians, so it's okay for us to date. But we're both living like the devil. That wasn't, yeah. <laughs> we were so deceived. At the same time, we weren't in church, we weren't living for God, we were deceived. But God is merciful, and I had a praying mama. How many praying mamas and daddies do we have here, right? Yeah, lots of us, I'm sure. She never told me all the things that I was doing wrong. She just prayed for me to return to the Lord. I don't believe and once saved, always saved, because the Bible does make clear in multiple places that if we live in sin, now that's different than committing a sin. We all do something every day, right? Well, I do. <laughs> but we repent. God, you know, touches our heart, and we know we've done something wrong, and we correct it, and we go on. But living in sin is different because that's continuing to do sin that we know is wrong and not being repentant. He wants us living for him, not for sin. But on the other hand, God does not want anyone to perish. He wants all would come to know him. Second Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promises, some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. The word is clear that if we refuse to listen to him, that eventually he turns you over to a reprobate mind. Romans 1.28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. I remember the moment as a nine-year-old child at a neighborhood Bible study when John 3.16 just came to life for me and I accepted Christ as my savior and I meant it and I served him for many years. But then I backslid. But at the same time, I also remember the moment in my home when I was praying and asking God why my life was so horrible that he showed me that I was away from him, that going to church and playing at church wasn't enough if I wanted a good life, a joyful life, a life in him. So we're back to Psalms 37. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he'll give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord Trust him and he'll help you. And I knew I had to make a choice between that boyfriend and God. And I did. 
I chose God. I chose Jesus. It was hard. It was hard to break up with a boyfriend that you're very much in love with, even when you know that they're not right for you. When your emotions are involved, it's hard. It's not easy to go against your emotions. But when you love someone, even when they're not right for you, but God helps us. He gave me the strength to break up with the boyfriend and the very next Sunday, I woke up with Assemblies of God going off in my head. I had never been to an Assemblies of God church, but remember I told you the ex-boyfriend said he got saved in the AG church? Well, he had happened to come and visit the Methodist church that I had started going back to where I was trying to get back to God, but not really. And he had told me, if you think this is a spirit-filled church, you need to try an Assembly of God church. So the Sunday after I broke up with him, the Lord put it in my mind, he put it in my heart, and I had to go look it up in the yellow pages. I didn't even know where one was around me, but I found one and I picked it by the name because there was more than one in the town I lived in, in that area. But I chose Victorious Life Church of, well, it was Carrollton then, it's Louisville now, Texas, because I wanted to live a victorious life. I wanted joy again and to prosper. In the story of the prodigal son, didn't the father see the son coming from afar off? He was looking for him. And father is looking for our prodigals too. He's always moving to draw them to himself. He's always working and wooing them back. He has plans for our prodigals. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. We just have to pray and he instantly forgives. We need to be looking for him wholeheartedly. When I broke up with that boyfriend, I made God my priority. I was wholehearted for God instead of divided trying to please someone else besides God. 1 John 2.15, do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. When I turned wholeheartedly after God, he started changing me from the inside out. People at church didn't tell me I was wearing the wrong clothes or that I needed to stop smoking, etc. Instead, they just loved me and they welcomed me into their Bible studies and Sunday school and at church and the women's meetings. It was only a few months later that God used a book on tithing to help me quit smoking. I took my half, I was reading it and I realized as I added up all my income and stuff, I'm like, Lord, how could I ever tithe? I have a house payment. I can't just like, you know, ditch the house you know it takes time to sell the house and all it's like I have a house payment and bills to pay so how can I do it but then I realized that if I quit smoking there would be enough money there to tithe <laughs> so I took my half a pack and I went outside and I threw it in the trash 
And I told the Lord, I can't do it. I have tried many times before and I can't do it. You have to do it. And you know, he did. I never had a craving. Yeah, no withdrawals, nothing. It was absolutely a miracle. About a year later, I got in my car and I popped the top on a Diet Coke and this overwhelming urge to have a cigarette came to me. And I was like, by then I knew better, right? And I'm like, Satan, you get behind me. I am not a smoker anymore. I'm a child of God and he has delivered me from that. And it went away and I've never had another one since. 23 years ago, free of smoke, hallelujah. Psalm 37, six and seven. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. A couple of years after I turned my life back to the Lord, he called me to serve him overseas. But it was a long journey before I ever went. In the process, the Lord gave me Psalm 37 to stand on. I needed to be still in his presence and wait for him to act. One Thanksgiving at my son's house, my ex-husband asked to talk to me in private. We went to my son's home office and he apologized for everything that he had done, took full responsibility for his actions. And we talked about it. I told him, well, you know, I forgave you a long time ago. And he's like, I know, but I needed, I needed to tell you. And we talked about the Lord and was he back right with the Lord and everything. But it was a God moment. The Lord showed me later as I was reading through the Psalm 37 once again, standing on it that he had made my innocence radiate like the dawn. Many of you may not know, but the chances of your ex who cheated on you coming to you and apologizing and taking full responsibility is pretty slim. It was definitely a God thing, a God moment. And so it encouraged me that in verse six, it says, he will make your innocence radiate like the dawn. And I felt like, well, he just fulfilled that. And the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. So I started standing on that. I didn't have even half of the money raised that I needed to go on the field. And I didn't have connections and stuff. I, I yeah, it needed to be a miracle of God. And do you know, in less than six months, all the funds came in and I left for El Salvador from November through March and I left in April. He was so good, so good. But the thing that is really as a comparison, so you remember the ex-boyfriend that we had both been saved, we both considered ourselves Christians even though we were living for the devil. But I broke up with him because I was going back to the Lord and he said he wasn't ready. But you know what? He never forgave his ex. He was full of bitterness and anger. And before I left for El Salvador, I got word that my ex-boyfriend took his own life while on the phone with his ex-wife because he had never forgiven. 
He was still angry all those years later. He was bitter and just wanted to hurt her. And it destroyed him. That could have been me. That's why we can't judge others and where they are. Because there, but for the grace of God, go I. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Lord gives all of us a chance to come back to him. He wants us to return to his love. In Luke 15, Jesus told him this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And when he arrives, he'll call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Now, that doesn't mean, I heard someone say one time, well, I guess I should have strayed then because there'll be more rejoicing if I stray and come back. <laughs> it's like, no, no. If you came to serve the Lord as a child and you have stayed faithful your whole life, what a wonderful, wonderful testimony to the faithfulness of God in your life. It is the best testimony that you could ever have. I've heard people say, well, I don't really have a testimony. I got saved at like four or five. I don't even hardly remember not being saved because I got saved so young. And, and I'm like, no, that is a wonderful, that is like the best testimony that could be because you didn't fall away. You stayed faithful to God even as he was faithful to you and he kept you in his hand. It is a wonderful, wonderful testimony. Rejoice. We need to rejoice when someone does come back to Father. Embrace them with love even if they still smell like cigarettes and the world like I did. Yeah. Because the love that I felt in Victoria's life as they like accepted me and drew me in and loved on me, even while I was still smoking. And you know what, smokers have no idea how they smell. Trust me, I had no idea that I stank to high heaven and they could smell me coming across the parking lot. I had no idea. Cause you know, you put it out in the car and as you get out of the car, all the smoke comes out. But yeah, yeah, had no idea. But. Nobody ever commented on it, and they hugged me and loved on me, no matter how I stunk of cigarettes. Luke 15, 8. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she'll call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there's joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. We need to be searching for the lost coins, reaching out in love to those who have lost their way. Whether it's family or whether it's a coworker, it doesn't matter. If they're lost, we need to draw them in because Father loves them and he cares 
and he wants to bring them back. He cares about his lost sheep, about his lost sons and daughters. Luke 19, 10, for the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. So what of us that have prodigals in our life? We need to pray, we need to love, and we need to wait on the Lord. We can't just, waiting on the Lord is more like waiting in his presence. It's active. It's not just sitting in the pew. It's actively waiting. Psalm 37, 7, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. We do have to wait patiently for him to act. But waiting, waiting on the Lord is a lot like abiding in him. For in John 15, 5, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So we can't do it. We can't talk sense into the kid or grandkid or coworker. Because it's not a matter of logic in our, in our, in our minds. It's a matter of heart. And only Holy Spirit can woo them and draw them in. But if we're abiding in him, we'll bear much fruit. The people around us, as we abide in him, waiting in his presence, waiting patiently for him to draw them in, for them to know him too, or to even return to him. Apart from him, we can do nothing because it's all about him, church, all about him. It's all about what he can do in our loved ones and in our coworkers. We have only to abide in him, rest in him, pray and stay close to him ourselves and forgive those who have hurt us. And then we can believe God to work in our prodigal's lives to bring them to him. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. So I want us to spend some time tonight in his presence, waiting on him, putting in his presence our loved ones that need to know him, who have maybe strayed away or maybe have never known them. But to wait in his presence, to abide in him and seek his face, that he would move in their lives. Father, I just ask you right now that you would just envelop us in your presence, Lord. That you would come, Holy Spirit, and guide us and lead us as we rest in your presence, as we seek your face on behalf of our loved ones, Lord. And that you would move mightily. Even when we don't see it, you are the way maker. You are the one that makes the way where we don't see it, Lord. 
And just like you healed Bailey's body, you can heal our loved ones' hearts so that they too can know you and that they too can serve you and spend an eternity with you. So help us, Lord, tonight as we seek your face and abide in your presence. In the name of Jesus, amen. Come to the altars or pray where you are. Of the goodness of God. 